Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Dan Fien. Dan is the Group Chief Operating Officer of Market Study Insurance, and he has been responsible for first of all, IT, and then the entire operations of the company as it's scaled um, over 10 times the number of employees. What I found interesting in the discussion that we had together was really understanding Dan's approach to organizational transformation and how he's been able to shift self-identity and of, of a whole a division within the company, uh, change its sense of purpose and mission and change the perception of others both internally and also externally about the role of the function. This is uh, what he describes as internal rebranding, but it's a lot more than just spinning a new message. It's actually about changing the very way that people see themselves and their role and their service within the organization. So I found this a fascinating discussion. Um, I'm sure you will too. So enjoy this discussion and conversation with Dan Fien. Hi, Dan. Hi, Richard. Dan, it's great to uh, great to meet you. Thanks for joining uh, me today for this episode of the Impact Multiplier podcast. Absolute pleasure to be here. Hello, everybody. So we're going to jump in. Um, you know, you're not actually a CEO. We've talked about that. You're a COO. And I think it's really interesting because uh, you're the global chief operating officer of Market Study. And which is an insurance company. I'm sure you'll tell us a little bit about that. And I think what's really interesting, I think, about your profile is the way that you've really been a, um, an engine, I think, of this scaling and this transformation uh, of this very in, you know, innovative uh, insurance provider. So perhaps before we go any further, would you be able to just give us a quick uh, kind of elevator pitch of you know, who you are, what's your journey been, and a bit about what a market study is? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, well, I'm um, I'm a passionate technologist i've spent my um, whole career in some form working in technology um, and my my current role as you say is i'm the group coo um, so i guess what that means in its simplest terms i'm the i'm the the fixer the go-to person to, to kind of get stuff done and um, i've had the pleasure and the opportunity to 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 be part of a group that's grown significantly over the last uh, 10 years. Yeah, you said it was a 10x growth, if, if I remember right. Yeah, so when I joined the group, uh, we started with 400 staff. And as we stand today, um, yeah, we've got over 4,500 people um, predominantly mm. based in the UK. So, yeah, some very exciting times um, over that period. And, um, yeah, real good um, um, use of technology to enable that scaling. Got it. So, yeah, so Market Study is a motor insurance provider, right? If I'm Yeah, correct. so we're, we're the largest privately owned um, motor in, uh, insurer in the UK. Uh, I think we're currently the fifth largest. Um, and 
but the group as a whole is diversified and we have um, different business businesses beyond uh, just the core. Um, so, yeah. Got it. And, and so your, um, your, your journey to that, I believe you've had various roles, right? Prior to the COO role, you, you were, I think, a CIO before that. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I joined Market Study, my role was to bring together a, a group IT function. And that led me to become the CIO. Prior to joining uh, Marker Study, um, I spent 10 years in the business um, working as a claims manager. So I, I, I learned uh, all the nuances of insurance. And then I, I then joined IT and I've done every role in IT. I've been, I was a software engineer. I've been a test manager. I've been a program manager. Um, so it's given me a very diverse kind of potted history of, of kind of technology. And, and, um, and now I'm trying, I, I'm, I'm, Bring all, bringing all those experiences back together and so the you, you, the coo role how do you see that as how's that changed your focus you know obviously you had the cio and you're you managing the technology coo possibly also includes some of that yeah so i think um i hadn't appreciated the kind of the gap that naturally kind of exists between the technology function which predominantly can be quite inward focused and the business which is dealing with sort of challenges day to day. And um, I've spent really the last few years trying to join the strategies together so that the, you know, the two parts of the organization are, are kind of traveling in the same direction. But that was, that was my biggest kind of moment, really. I didn't realize at the time the gap that naturally exists. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, right. IT can be easy for IT to kind of be doing its thing. Yeah, and I think it gets disjoined from the overall kind of delivering the, the plans and the numbers. It gets very, you know, it gets, you know, we all talk about moving to the cloud and all these things, but we lose, well, what does that mean for our business? And, mm. and we're not, yes, yeah, telling the stories to bring people into that um, so they can understand, um, you know, why we're we doing this. So, but it's been fascinating. And actually, now I think we do get we've got much better alignment. And I think, um, yeah, and that, that's very rewarding. Got it. Well, let's let's jump in and let's talk about your success formula. So when you look back at, you know, your, your this trajectory you've had, um, you know, within the business, uh, you know, coming up to this CEO role of a four and a half thousand person group, uh, what have been the levers that you've used right what have been those elements in your own way of working that have generated that impact you know you've had to do things very differently from 400 people to 4,000 but what have been the common themes perhaps the way you've looked at problems or looked at people or, or whatever it is yeah sure so um well as I said I think passion and you know I I'm lucky I do something that I enjoy mm. so I think that's the first thing um by nature, I think I'm very inquisitive. So um, one of the things that has always been kind of part of my DNA is I, you know, I'm always challenging why we're doing something and looking mm. to improve it. So that's mm. a core value of mine. And I'm a team player. So I'm about empowering people, trying to create an environment. I don't have all the ideas, um, you know, mm. uh, no ideas are bad ideas. So I guess I've always tried to, in all of my roles, try to cre- create an environment where, um those ideas can percolate and um, um, yeah, you can, you, you know, you're pr- promoting that kind of one ship within, within the team. 
and then I guess really, Richard, everything for me has to be simple. So mm. um, at the end of it, if I don't understand it, I'll keep going until I do. And then it just makes it easier to then um, articulate that to others. So whilst I'm a technologist, I'm a quite simple technologist. So, um, but those, I, I guess those, you know, passion, uh, inquisitive, you know, empowering, um, they're the, they're the tenants that I kind of live by. Got it. And has there been an example like where, you know, you've perhaps, one of those things has taken you in a, in a different route that's perhaps paid off, um, or, um, you know, a, a challenge that, you know, you had where, you know, you found that really, you know, hitting the, hitting the accelerator on one of these uh, approaches, you know, really created some results for you. Yeah, well, I think um, probably the, the uh, at Mark's study, one of the things I'm most proud of is um, when um, I took the decision to rebrand the IT function. So when I, when I first joined, uh, my role was to establish a, a group IT function. Um, made up of approximately sort of 250 uh, technologists. Mm-hmm. And it was very traditional, you know, insurance-based. It, it felt quite slow moving and it didn't really exhibit the values that I thought we needed as a kind of future-facing uh, mm. uh, team that was going to enable the growth. So we rebranded the team to Empowered from Group IT. Mm. And... We come up with uh, um, some some core values and um, we had a logo and we'd done merchandise. And and I was amazed that actually within a very, very quick um, period of time, we were able to move the mindset of the people internally in that team yes. to one of more enterprise agility. They started to exhibit the values mm. that we were trying to get to. And then externally within the both outside of market study and within the wider business, people almost forgot the old IT and what we stood for. Um, so that rebranding was enormously powerful, uh, quite simple to do. So again, uh, you know, um, and we could give some very strong messages. Yeah, this. I mean, in terms of you know, the impact multipliers that I, I talk about, this is kind of the intersection for me of releasing commitment and accelerating learning because you're, you know, you're really changing hearts and minds and perceptions here. And what I what I see um, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying is, um, you know, this rebranding happened. You know, it worked fast and really created a big shift. And I think often it's because of this sense of identity, right? Because there are two ways you can do rebranding. You can just kind of like give a new image, you know, you can kind of put a spin on something. That kind of stuff doesn't tend to work. But when you do it right, you create this new sense of identity. This is who we are uh, as a team, for example, as an IT function. Does that make sense? And, oh, and absolutely. And we made a... Con- differently. No, 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 absolutely. And we made, um, you know, we made sure as we were going through the journey of rebranding that we involved everybody in the department and we had, you know, um, a short list of, of, of various names uh, and indeed even the logo. But it was interesting when we suggested dropping IT from the name mm-hmm. and there was a lot of uh, people held on there was a lot um i wouldn't say resistance but that was the biggest hurdle to overcome because people felt that we were letting go of something 
But we wanted people's minds to say, well, actually, we might not be doing IT in 10 years time. We might be the change agents that are leading yeah. kind of um, and actual traditional IT is no longer and it's more a commodity that we consume. So that it was interesting seeing people's reactions. And, you know, we canvassed and voted across the mm. 250 people. Um, but you're right. Once I think now, if you you canvass them. And said, right, we're going to go back to be called Group IT. There would be, there would be an up- well, yeah, because it's it's the power of the name, it's power of the identity. It's moving from the how, like how we do do stuff, which is we do IT, to the what and the why. You know, what are we trying to create? What what you know, what's what's the impact? But well, I, I think Richard, on on all of these, like, so whether it be rebranding a team to take them, uh, you know, to change the kind of capabilities that they're delivering or whether it be on a digital change program, you're taking a group of people from the, you know, the, the known, something they're comfortable with to the unknown. Yeah. And it's, this is just one of those levers that, you know, I've, we pulled to take a group of people on that journey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as you might know, I, you know, I do quite a lot of my, my work um, with my team is around, working with executive teams or other key leadership teams in a business and helping them get to their next level. And one of the key steps in that is really working with the team to have the conversation about who do we want to be in this next season, right? And it's this future vision of who do we want to be as a group, as a team, as an executive board, whatever it is. It's like, who do we need to be, right? Who do we want to be to have the impact that we want to have? And that question about identity, about the who, um, is often the thing that brings people together and gets them to go on a journey. And it Absolutely, sounds like that's yeah. really what, you, what you've what you done really successfully within the IT function now in power. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure when you've, you've asked those questions, Richard, because they're open-ended, you can see people, when there's no boundaries, when you're first setting off a, like on a vision or a... Yeah. Um, you can see that the possibility, you know, the... Uh, the ideas get, that get generated when people realise that there's no boundaries is is quite exhilarating. And if you can jump on that kind of energy, um, yeah, you can deliver. You can deliver way beyond what you would have done otherwise. Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that, whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's Checklist for Challenging Times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, Back to the conversation. Yeah, well, it's, it's what I call the, the blip in the drip. So the, the drip is that process of transformation. But the blip has to be this moment where people, this aha moment, this kind of meaningful event where people get excited and they catch the vision. Because I always say that an event by itself is not going to transform the world. You know, it inspires you, but it doesn't transform. But if you don't have that powerful moment at the start, where people go, oh yeah, that would be awesome if we were able to do this. Then there's no real motivation for the journey, right? It's like, why bother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, really interesting. And so, and so, um, 
were there, what were the challenges that you came across as you were doing that rebranding? We talked about people not wanting to let go of the name of IT. I mean, how did the rest of the organization take it? Did they, were they supportive? Did they think it was a bit of a, a lot of yeah, I mean, much to do about nothing? And... Yeah, I kind of, um, probably all of that. I mean, um, because obviously when you've got so many people in an organization, everyone's got their own perspective. Um, so some people definitely would have felt, well, why, you know, what's the point of doing doing this we did take more of a soft launch rather than a kind of um Mm -hmm. um and that was really because of i was mindful of the unease that's that was within the department people were that we had to take baby steps um and um but i saw some really strange you know so when we done the merchandising um people outside of the department started buying it. So that was another thing, which, you know, when you've, you've, you're kind of onto something, when uh, the individuals had to buy this, they, it wasn't given to them by the company. So if you right. wanted one, you, you, you know, a polo shirt or whatever, then you would have to buy it. So right. when people are volunteering to be part mm. of a group, you know that you've kind of, you've touched on something and that collectiveness and mm. being part of. And then we've done some other things, Richard, where, you know, we started to showcase some of the good stuff that we've done and we went for some industry awards, which previously we wouldn't have done. Mm. Um, and really that gave credibility externally to the works of the team. And then they started to, you could see people were believing, you know, if Garner said you're good, then, yeah. oh, okay, we must be good. You know, yeah. so it was kind of, um, we set out a, a communication plan on how to roll this out and, my, I guess my only regret is I didn't do it sooner. I, I, mm. As a technologist, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't aware that the power of this, um, um, what it could do to a group of individuals. So, yeah. you know, I wish I'd done it earlier in my career. And yeah. as a result, we've done very small baby steps. It probably took a year to roll out in its entirety. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, if I had my time again, we could have condensed that. We could have mm. condensed that. Um, well, yeah, I mean, what I liked about what you said there is, first of all, the, the T-shirt, it sounds basic, but actually getting people to put their skin in the game um, and make that step is actually, again, it's another sign of, uh, it's a validation for you that people are buying in, literally. I mean, they're putting their own skin in the game. And also for them, actually, you know, they decide to do it. And suddenly, again, they've they've put something in. It's not just, I'm um, being sent with everybody else, a, a t-shirt, whatever, right? So that sense of ownership actually goes up when people put their own money on the on the line. And then the thing around the the, the industry awards for me, that's just that great idea of the um, people need a win right now and again. And sometimes you have all these big transformation programs, and there's no real milestones or sense of you know we've we've passed the threshold here. You know we we can stop and celebrate. And I think probably getting that external recognition. Yeah, definitely. Having nice those quick, to... having those kind of, yeah, um, milestones or yeah, yeah. Uh, quick wins, and and also, you know, they're quite, they're not in the normal cycle of what goes on in a business. They're quite abrupt, so they break. They 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 um, you get attention because they're not expected in the course of the business. So, mm. um, the other thing also having a strong brand enabled us. Where there were those business moments, so where there's a, um, I don't know, we have you know, staff uh, events and parties and stuff like that. People could wear their branding. So when we're doing a tug of war or mm. a race, you have 
the Empower team will go in there and they've got all that. And so they stand out. So I think in the past, there's a danger certain IT functions are in the background. They're an engine room. Yeah. And um, it almost feels wrong to celebrate success and how good they are. Mm. This this enabled us, gave us a vehicle to kind of, um, uh, yeah, to bring them on a level par with some of the, the, the business units. And um, yeah, which, yeah, I was, mm. I, I was, amazed at the at the outcome at the end and, and the difference it made in terms of we were just in a lot more conversations at a, a board level and mm. um mm. I, f- I feel that we were just taken a bit more seriously yeah well i think it's it, again the the name is also an aim of service right empowering it's it, it's to do with other people so i think in terms of raising commitment you know it's a name which inspires people because they're being of service to others Right. Whereas IT, it's like what well, I'm doing IT, right? It doesn't, it, I'm yeah, exactly. you know, mending yeah, a machine it, or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people roll their eyes, don't they? So we wanted to break from that. Um, and it took us a while to, and then we do, so we've, we've now taken that and I now use that more frequently in the course of my business. So another example will be, I've now created um, a small cross-functional team from across the organization called The Right Way. So that's all about focusing on doing things the right way. And it's just an idea for them, really, to bring up, you know, um, bottom up changes that are quite small. Mm. That will make quite a big difference in the running of the organization. But mm. again, it's copying some of the things we learned when we rebranded IT, but on a much smaller scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. People want to be part of something. And, you know, you, um, yeah, I think. Yeah. It, uh, um, yeah, very powerful. Yeah, it's really interesting when you can crystallize identity in that way in these different groups. I mean, for example, when I'm working with an executive team, I mean, again, oh, well, we're just the executive team, right? Well, I mean, like, well, what's the real purpose of this team? I say, like, you know, could you just, like, not send emails to each other about, you know, your um, your different departments, you know, and just coordinate, you know? So what's, what's the value of, you know, is this organization succeeding because of your group, because of your team or despite it, right? Are you just riding a market wave, right? You know, so what's the, what are you actually here to do and really get people to think through, you know, the, the, the different levels because there's, there's different things that that team's trying to accomplish. Um, one group I was working with, one leadership team, they um, they really realized that actually they didn't, they no longer needed to be, in fact, they mustn't be an operational execution board, basically oversight board. They had to be about influencing the stakeholder ecosystem. Um, and for that, when they actually had that identity shift, it's like, you know, if we keep doing what we've done in the past in this company, which has basically been ensuring efficient operations, we're going to have super efficient operations in a market which is not ready for our product, right? In five years' time, or three years' time. So, actually, as our leadership team, you know, we need to be—we are the actual the. I can't remember how they described it, but you know, we're like the 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 influence the, the influencing body. You know, we're the stakeholder influencers. Um, you know, we need to be the people who are changing perceptions and and uh, changing policy and, and this kind of thing and that shift internally but that's actually what our focus needs to be to succeed really created a step change in this team's effectiveness 100%. so that completely resonates with me um i think the point you said there richard about um you know what got us to where we are won't get us to where we need to be and having an effective strategy so when you're talking about influence 
you know, you, there's direct influence and there's indirect influence. And, you know, once you then start forming a strategy on well, how you're going to do that, the rules of the game change. Yeah. You know, you have to do a lot more externally and um, um, more thought leadership type activity to really to drive that change in, in, in yeah in thinking and behavior and reaction to what you're doing and yeah no it's a fascinating Absolutely. subject um and so and so what's what's happening for you now going forward right so you've gone from 400 to four and a half thousand um what you know what's the next level uh for you so the, and 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 perhaps for the group right what's the well next? so i guess for um well, if I start with the group, so the group of we've got um, very ambitious business plans for the next uh, four to five years to twenty twenty five, which effectively will uh, yeah significant growth over that period. So one of the key themes for me will be around how we leverage um, our people and and the technology to to create better journeys, less friction for our customers, so we can scale. Um, you know, we don't hit an artificial ceiling limit. So, so for me, that, that really, you know, I need to be thinking far enough into the future. So, okay, so what technology is coming that we could leverage to then optimize our organization to enable that, that kind of growth. And is there any change in regulations and all that kind of stuff that will really push me as an individual to some of the softer things we've talked about, about taking a large group of people on a journey mm. And, you know, because there will be a lot of, un- there will be a lot of nervousness going into the unknown. And so a lot more time will need to be spent on the, um, you know, more softer side of stuff um, as we think it through and the impacts of the day to day and things like our reward systems and all that kind of thing that people mm. individually, you know, you get comfort in. If we're going to, if there's a significant shift because of the growth um you know mm. we need to factor that in so yeah for me it will be and then on a on a more individual basis so it's then how do i get the right balance in my day yeah. because if i'm thinking about the future you know on that journey if we're continuing to do lots of uh, mergers and acquisitions and mm. with each one you know there becomes an opportunity but there's also things that need to be resolved you, you you kind of create a bit of creeping sort of debt for want of better term. Mm. So it'll be, there'll be, I need to be really laser focused on what do I spend my time on? What do my team spend their time on? Um, as you said, making sure that my direct team are relevant throughout mm. because if they're not adding value, then, you know, to your point, what, you know, we're just, you know, um, sandbags throwing everything down. So, yeah, so there's lots of challenge. Yeah, lots of challenge. And, and, but something that I'm, yeah, really up for and, uh, you know, really looking forward to. I think the combination of what you can do with technology and like-minded people, you, you can definitely, a small team can deliver mm. a lot, a lot. Yeah. So, uh, and that really excites me. Yeah, I mean, talking about technology and people, right, these two things that need to scale. Um and um, you know, creating scalable culture is is kind of so important, right? And and being able to create a way that you can kind of uh, manage this, you know, the, te- the technology is the machine, you know, the 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 culture, the people, are this organism, you know, and organisms grow and in certain ways, and keeping that healthy as it as it as it grows, 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Very different challenge. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've learned uh, in recent years, Richard, is so uh, as a technologist, I was that was my focus and 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 passion, and you know, people deliver projects, but mm. we don't give much consideration for people in the project. So mm. now I'm starting to realise actually it's not just about delivering a new, you know, um, system or new mm. capability. It's how do you take the people on that journey? And, and, and I think um, that's one of my biggest learnings. Now I want to spend more time understanding the kind of human aspect of mm. technology um, so that, you know, mm. the two are very closely aligned. So you get that maximum, um, you know, positive um, output at the end. So let me ask you a question just before you end, perhaps, around what do you need to leave behind? Because often as you grow, um, you know, we, 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 we focus on the things that made us successful last year, yeah. right? And not the things that are going to make us successful next year. And part of what stops us is because we're carrying this, all this stuff that we were doing that we had to do. So I'm just wondering in terms of that elimination and in terms of that freeing yourself up, what would be an area that perhaps you're going to need to set aside or, or give to somebody else in order to free you up for, for the next level. Yeah. So I think this is a different for me, Richard, this is like um, the difference between true leadership and kind of being a senior manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I need to, it's not about control anymore. It's about influence. Mm. And actually it's easy to say, and it's probably a bit of a cliche, but it's quite hard to do because you get your own personal um, kind of, um, you measure your performance by how many people report into you or how many, you know, um, but actually when you're a leader, it's actually, it's completely the opposite. You don't want, you don't want any of the control. Other people run the business. Mm. It's all, you need to create the environment for those people to work at the top of their game. Yeah. So really yeah. for me, it's still um, a journey that I'm on mm. and um and to get to that next level of leadership, yeah, really is about more about how, how I can influence, not get involved so much in the kind of the doing of it. Yeah. It's more about the kind of making sure we're on the right journey. Mm. Um, and of course, every time there's something chipping away day to day to try and pull you back. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's having the discipline and the focus to then. So I use a few models and stuff to try mm. and help me categorize my work to, and then i can say right okay yeah i've got balance or i haven't got balance or yeah this week i know i'm not going to but i know next week i'm going to be back in the zone um mm. yeah yeah but it's hard because i think as companies grow there's so much demand um time is precious yeah absolutely and it's uh it's a real art to be able to renegotiate everyone else's perceptions and demands upon you very much so yeah that's yeah, often the thing that keeps us yeah. back right we have to kind yeah. of renegotiate with our stakeholders to say actually the thing that i was doing i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> yeah. which is not the easy conversation always but that's the you know that's the uh that's the edge right that's that's where the magic happens i think often absolutely yeah absolutely well, hey, this has been fascinating, um, Dan. Thanks a lot. And uh, this whole conversation around you know, identity uh, and shifting identity within organizations and groups uh, and uh, and helping people see themselves in a new future. I think it's uh, you know, really fascinating. And just to see you know, your experience as a, as a case study, really, of what happens when you take a large, you know, reasonable size uh, internal 
department and you brand it and you you give it a new purpose and to see the result of that it's, it's been fascinating so thank you for coming in and sharing that yeah thank you for the opportunity Richard absolute pleasure so if people want to get in touch with you or find out a bit more about market study how do they do that um so i think probably the best thing would be to uh, look me up on linkedin and then we've got a company linkedin page there that would that would be the uh, yeah. yeah please message me directly there and, and i do get back to everyone so yeah perfect well hey um dan thanks once again and i look forward to uh, hearing more of the story as um, market study continues to grow and you do the next level yeah thank you richard Take care now. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.